1: Thank you for joining us.
0: Greetings and welcome, everyone. Hello to the Pure Hope Show. Our program tonight is titled How to Live Your Awesome Life. And we have a wonderful woman on our show tonight who has blessed us by doing our show as a pre recorded program because she's a busy, busy woman. Uh, uh, so I'm really anxious to talk to her and bring her information out to all of you. I am personally uh, navigated towards her because of being a woman, and she empowers women and all people. And I felt that my generation of women, I'm 61 years old, were perhaps way too naive, and perhaps the generation that followed me perhaps were a little bit too practical. But now, as we all know, it is the time that we're all moving, where we have an equal opportunity for all of us to listen, to learn, and to move into our personal and professional achievements. Tonight, our speaker, our guest, will help us understand how to do that movement forward without fear, to move into the life that we really want. Rosetta Thurman is the founder and the CEO of the happyblackwomen.com, woman.com. This is a supportive community that empowers women all over the world to create lives of happiness, success, and freedom through personal development and entrepreneurship. Rosetta teaches women how to build location-independent businesses, doing what they love, so they can quit their jobs if that's what they want to do and finally have the freedom to travel and live their life on their own terms. Her clients and students value her tough love approach to helping them reach their big goals faster than that they've ever thought possible. Career as well as personal progression often depends upon taking risks and advocating for oneself. And these are traits that usually we have been discouraged from exhibiting. This may explain why girls' academic gains have not yet translated significantly into higher numbers of women in top notch jobs. So if you have leadership ambition, or if you want to take the risks and change the direction in your life, or if you just want to learn how to be more assertive, Then this is the program for you. And as you listen to this program and you think, man, I wish Carol would have listened to this program or I wish Susan would have listened to this program, I want you always to remember that it is always in our archives waiting for them to listen to. In fact, all of our programs have been kept for you for your convenience to hear again and again and again because sometimes we listen to those programs over and over to capture every single morsel of information. So please tell other women about this program that we're having here. You will not want to miss this one. Put it on your Facebook. Tell others about it. This is how we help with the empowerment of all women. This is how we move into how to live our awesome life. Now, more about our speaker. Rosetta is an author and a nationally recognized speaker. She is a transformational coach and mentor. She has been featured in numerous media outlets, including Jet Magazine, Black Enterprise, Essence, BBC London, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and Forbes Women. She holds a master's degree in organizational management and has also taught leadership, business, and marketing courses as an adjunct professor at Trinity uh, Washington University. Rosetta is an avid traveler, and her favorite city in the whole world is Honolulu, Hawaii.
1: She strives
0: to live a simple life as a minimalist, lifestyle where everything she owns fits into one suitcase and we'll ask her questions about that and when she's not writing or teaching this is what i love perhaps about her the most rosetta enjoys good food good music and good bourbon preferably all at the same time so help me all all of you to welcome to our program tonight rosetta thurman hi rosetta how are you Hi. Oh, I am
1: awesome. Thank you for that lovely introduction.
0: Well, I just loved what you sent me, and um, like I said, I love the fact that you said I enjoy good food, good music, and good bourbon, preferably all at the same time, so I love that. You know,
1: that's like the good good life, and some of the things that, you know, I enjoy. I'm actually right now in New Orleans, Louisiana, the the um one of the best food cities in the world and they've got it all
0: in states here so <laughs> wonderful wonderful I'm happy yes happy good, happy is good and um so I always like asking Rosetta um what what personally has led you to create happyblackwoman.com? dot com? Can you tell us a little bit about your background growing up and moving in this direction?
1: Sure. I mean the the story that I always start out sharing is that I did not set out to create a website called com. My background was actually in the nonprofit sector. So, for about 10, 12 years I was in the nonprofit world. I was in fundraising and leadership development. So, I helped charities, nonprofits, youth Um, different youth development groups, community development agencies, raise money and make a difference in the world. And I love that work. And um, I really was drawn to making a difference and to social change because when I was younger, you know, my mom had me when she was 16 and um, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot growing up. And so who was it that came to our rescue when we needed to make ends meet? It was the nonprofits and charities in my neighborhood. So I was always drawn to volunteer and to give back. And so the nonprofit sector was perfect for me, uh, and I was in that for a, a long time. And the whole beginning of this journey started when I decided to start posting articles Online. So Hmm. I started writing about nonprofit leadership and what I was seeing as a young black woman in the field. You know, I would go to these conferences and I was the youngest person. I was the only um, color, the only woman of color. And so I started asking these questions like, you know, what's going on? And I wrote it on a blog. In 2007, I started a blog. It was an ugly little blog. It was not pretty at all. I had no idea what I was doing with the technology. But uh, people started reading my articles. And I started sharing what I had learned about nonprofit management and leadership and career development, how you can actually make a difference and not have to be poor (laughs) to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just took off. And so after two years, what happened was people started to ask me to come and speak and do workshops and do leadership trainings uh, for uh, specifically millennials who wanted to move up into leadership. Uh, and after two years, I I had to make a decision. Was I going to stay at my nonprofit job or was I going to go out on my own? Because I had to turn down people. It got to the point where I'd used up all my vacation time and I had to decide was I going to try to do this full time. I love speaking and teaching. I didn't think that I would because I'm a huge introvert, but
0: Hmm. I
1: loved it. And so I quit my job in 2010, and as part of that process, I started another blog, but this time it was a personal blog, and I called it Diary of a Happy Black Woman. And Hmm. that was the place where I wrote about my journey of what it was like to transition from being a full-time, nine-to-five employee at a nonprofit to working for myself full-time, and what I was sharing and finding with my experience like man this is awesome you know i have all this freedom i can make the same amount of money i made at my job this is cool but there's also the downside you know it gets lonely as an entrepreneur all my friends have jobs um i was writing about my experiences transforming my life to really create the life i really wanted that i didn't even know i wanted and that's where happy black woman came about so um what happened was a community started to form around that blog of other women who wanted to quit their jobs or were in that same space. And they were also um, transforming their lives. I had cut off all my hair and I started wearing an afro. It was a real period of uh, liberation for me. And so other women who were in that transformation phase started reaching out I started hosting Happy Hours in Washington, D.C., and really, (laughs) the rest is history. Over the past five years, we have grown from, you know, a few readers to uh, 20,000 email subscribers and uh, several live events every year. Our last one, we had about 100 women in Atlanta. It's been phenomenal, and I am so blessed to have uh, this community that I'm building
0: Oh, my God, I think that sounds wonderful. You know, I'm the founder and director of the Hope and Faith Center here, and it's a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So it's so wonderful to hear your story about, you know, who came to the rescue when you were um, being raised and who came to the rescue when you needed help. And so what is even more powerful is what I hear um, from that answer is, how you were brave enough to take a risk to even move from that to help empower other people. Um, so do you work with men and women?
1: Um, primarily women. I mean, um, through Happy Black Women, my mission is to help women create their ideal lives through personal development and entrepreneurship. So primarily because I'm the happy black woman, my clients are black women, but mm-hmm. with our um Online courses and live events, we have several men who have been a part of our community um, and taken our courses. So on the personal development side, I teach about uh, goal setting and um, staying on track with the visions that you have for your life, resetting your life after you've had a setback or you've been in a rut, and those attract um, men, women of all races. And then... um, on the entrepreneurship side we have programs to help people launch their business to um start their own blog like i did uh and uh you know become a professional speaker just like my experience started out and you know majority is black women but we have lots of different people in that mix as
0: well mhm mhm great 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 well i noticed and you had talked to me about your website, and that you had written um, a couple of ebooks. And the first one that I'd like to talk about is your free mapping workbook at happywoman.com. Can you let the, our audience know what this workbook is about and how you decided to put it out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, this um, the Life Mapping Workbook is a free resource that I have offered for the past three years, I believe on uh, happyblackwoman.com. Actually, you can get to it directly if you go to lifemappingworkbook.com. You can get it. And it is a 15-page workbook that helps you pretty much figure out what the hell you want to do with your life. (laughs) Love it. uh, It's it's really for those people that, because what what I do is I listen to my audience. I listen to people from when I first started the blog in 2010 what are the comments I was getting? What are the questions I was getting? And a lot of the women who were writing in were at a place in their life where they don't know what they want anymore. Um, You know, they've maybe been in a marriage for a long time or they've been taking care of kids for a long time and now their kids are out of the house. Maybe they got divorced. Um, Maybe they have just been in a rut for a while and they kind of lost sight of their vision Um, maybe life kind of knocked them down and Mm -hmm. um, they find it hard to um, dream again, you know? So Mm -hmm. I created the life mapping workbook for myself back in 2007, really, when I was trying to figure out what the hell I wanted to do with my Mm -hmm. life. And I thought, (laughs) you know, if it was, if it was good enough to help me, then it's probably going to be good enough to help my readers. So I, again, I just, put it together it was not pretty i just tried to you know show people the process that i Mm -hmm. think myself through and it's basically looking at the seven key areas of your life and that is uh, lifestyle and fun career and work money and finances health and wellness um, uh, love and romance family and friends and personal growth and spirituality so those are the seven areas that I look at every single year to ask myself, you know, what, what is it that I want each of these parts of my life to look like? And once you're done um looking at that and visualizing that and writing it down in the format that I give you in the life mapping workbook, you um you know, you can you have a map. You have a roadmap for your ideal life. Nobody else can give you the roadmap. That's what I've learned. You have to create it for yourself. And it's not some complicated process i use this process with myself with my mom with my sister and now with you know thousands of women all over the world and men who um you know they sneak in from time to time (laughs) We love them but the process works for everybody it's really just uh sitting yourself down um and there's an audio that also comes with it where i walk you through each of the seven areas to really encourage you to dream again it's okay to give yourself permission to hope.
0: Wow. Wow, that sounds great. That sounds great. And it's free, everybody. I always tell everybody, you know, it's wonderful. It's totally it.
1: free. And it's pretty yeah. now. <laughs> we had <a> it in <laughs> It's so pretty. You can print it out in color. It's really, It'll really make you happy because it's all the colors that make your brain happy. So uh, lifemappingworkbook.com is where you can
0: get it. Good, good, good. Well, how about your other ebook that um, I happen to love the name "How to Become a Nonprofit Rock Star"? What is that ebook yeah. about? Yeah,
1: actually, that was my very first book. I co-wrote it with um, a, co- a colleague of mine who was in the uh, philanthropy sector. So she gave away money, and I was trained to ask for money for charity. So we together we co-wrote. This book, How to Become a Nonprofit Rockstar, and you can get it on Amazon. And when was that? End of 2010, November 2010, we put it out. And, you know, even to this day, people still write us that that advice in that book really helped them with their career because it's like it's basic career advice, to be honest. But in the nonprofit sector, people don't often see themselves in a real career. They just see themselves as helping. But if you want to be able to survive, you know, and really have a good lifestyle as a nonprofit worker and you're not independently wealthy, you kind of have to pay attention to your career and if you're moving up or if you're staying stagnant. So that book has 50 ways to accelerate your career. And there's um, really practical stuff like, joining the board and building the brand so you can become more visible in your industry, in your community, so that you can um be called upon for leadership, be called upon for promotions and raises, things that people very rarely ask for in the nonprofit world. Um so that book really was born out of my experience of I was just a go getter and when I would meet other young people in the sector. They would complain about, you know, they're not getting paid enough. They can't pay their bills. Maybe they should go to corporate. Maybe they should go work for a bank. And, you know, seeing people get lost, you know, good people get lost out of the sector because they can't figure out how to make it work. So that's where that book came from. And it really showed me the power of just sharing what you know. It doesn't have to be PhD, fancy, big words. (laughs) It's just here's what I have learned, and I'm going to put it in a format to share it with you. I hope it helps you. And what we found is that it did. It helped a lot of people.
0: Wow. Wow. I love that point, too, is that I think we tend to think that we have to be a Ph.D. or have these big, what I call 75-cent words or, you know, What I'm hearing is that your work has come out of your heart to give back to community, to give back to the world, to empower women and anybody who wishes to come to you and to empower um, especially black women who perhaps are in certain um, uh, roles. I've been talking a lot to my students and clients about domestication and how we're domesticated Mm -hmm. as women to stay in a certain role And so that Mm -hmm. empowerment piece to break through that domestication has been so difficult for women. And it sounds like that's what you're doing is kind of breaking down that domestication.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I never heard it put that way, but it's it's a huge um, hurdle to overcome because here's what I believe. I believe that you can do anything you want with your life and no one can stop you but you. And I believe that wholeheartedly because I did not come from the best background, and I did not come from money or, you know, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So I know that whatever I want to do, whatever anyone else wants to do can be done because I've done it. And the hardest part is helping other women see that because we have been put in these different roles. Like, if you can just, you know, graduate from college, get a husband, have babies, that's it. And I found that to not be true because most of my clients, when they come to me, they've done all those things and they they realize that they haven't gone after the dreams that were in their heart because they didn't fully believe it. You know, who am yes. I to do this? Who am I, you know, I've already... um Raise my family. What else is there for me to do? There's so much more for you to do. That's why now we're seeing a trend with my company that most of my clients coming to me now, a majority of them, are over, which, hmm. you know, is unusual because I'm 32, and typically your clients will mirror kind of your age range and, like, you know, your your mirror who you are. But what I'm hearing and what I'm finding is that women who are, you know, even in the other, in the second half of life are looking at it and saying, you know, I don't want to be domesticated anymore. I'm ready to break out. I'm ready to create the life that I've always wanted, but have been afraid to.
0: Yeah. That's what I love about working with women is because they are breaking out of that domestication and they're saying, ah, you know, I just want out. I want to really mm-hmm. pursue a life that's, that's authentically who I am. And that's why I, uh, we titled the show How to Live Your Awesome Life because we all have that opportunity to live an awesome life if you want to. So when I was reading your website um, and when I had a small but delightful opportunity, remember I I uh, spoke to you for a little bit and was inviting you mm-hmm. on the blog talk radio show. For me, the reason why I invited you on the show is because I was impressed by your strength that I heard in your voice. I was impressed by your credentials of being the founder and the CEO of your own company. And what I, what I love doing, what I personally am doing now at the age of 60, that I love connecting to strong and powerful women who don't think they're broken anymore. They, think that they know that they're strong and powerful. So it makes no sense to me that women don't have, at times, each other's backs. And I see that a lot. I see Mm -hmm. them competing against each other. And so do you find that in your career? Are you finding that with your students? And if you do, can you just say a few words about women helping women and how important that is at this time? You know, this is like a
1: whole, this could be a whole show in and of itself. Really? yes, yes, Uh, Yeah. But I really, I, I call back always to, you know, what have we been socialized to believe about ourselves? Because there are incredible women doing incredible things. And I'll use a very trite common example that everyone would know. And, you know, the example of a powerful woman, and that's Oprah. And it's a, it's even more powerful for me because she's a black woman. And yes. she did not have an easy childhood and background. So she came from pretty much, you know, nothing to, like, she is one of the most powerful women in the world. And um, what I have noticed a lot, and this is women of every race, when you get into a conversation, you know, I do a lot of networking. I talk to a lot of women about business. Um, and when I ask, you know, who who do you admire? I mean, what are my two two of the women I admire. I think this might be a question you're going to ask me later, but I'll tell you now. Okay. Of you know, my um, mentors in my head, like women who I really admire for the life that they're living and the the um, legacy they're leaving and what they've been able to achieve in business, and those two are Oprah Winfrey and Beyonce Knowles. Beyonce knows harder yeah. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And when I speak of either of those two women, a lot of the responses that I will get is, "Well, yeah, but you know, Oprah's blah blah blah. You know, she's, she, but she's great, but she does this, this, and that wrong. Or well, Beyonce's great, but she shows too much skin, blah blah blah." And I'm like, really? Like, why can't? Why is it so difficult for you to just give a woman her props? She did it, you know, and you'd be lying if if you told me that you wouldn't want to step into her lifestyle and be able to do everything you want to do. And so it's like even with women that we don't know, there's this cutting down. It's like, yeah, she's great, but she's not perfect kind of thing. And what it points to is this piece around and often it's because, like with Oprah, yeah, but she's not married, she doesn't have kids. It's like, really? <laughs> That's all you can say about Oprah? Um, what, what, what I have, my, my um, let's see, my philosophy, my belief, is that we fear our own success. We fear our own success so much so that we also fear it in other women because it points to something in us. So everything, you know, The saying that uh, everyone you meet is your mirror, that um, when we see someone else succeeding and living their ideal life, it points to a place in us that wants to do that but has been afraid to do it. And so we feel guilty, and because we don't want to feel guilty, we lash out and we say, you know, negativity. (laughs) negativity comes out from that. So um, I remember I did a video along, a few years ago about um, how to handle jealousy, and that's really what it comes from, is being jealous that someone else is doing, living the life they want and you haven't been able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And so the best way to look at it is, you know, if you are feeling jealous of another woman, it's because there's something in her that you admire and that you want for yourself, whether it's freedom or financial success or, you know, romantic love, whatever it is that you're jealous about, that's something that you want to investigate for yourself. And instead of being jealous, be inspired. Like, if she can do it, I can do it. If she can find an amazing husband over 50, I can do it too. You know, I don't have to – there's there's nothing you need to say about that except you go, girl, because that could be you. And that's what I mm-hmm. think about a lot too. It's like, what do I want people to say about me when I'm standing on the world stage? What do you want people to say about you when you're on the world stage? Do you want people nit- picking at your children and their looks and their, you know, it's crazy the things people say about Beyonce's little girl. Um, it is. I, I just, it doesn't, but, but that's what I think of. That's what it points to to me is that there's this, there's this jealousy, there's this peace around I'm not completely living life I want, so I'm going to lash out because I feel guilty about that.
0: Mm-hmm, hmm Yeah, I just recently cultivated a relationship with the woman who is the director of a uh, Kita house here in Mankato. And she is a, another powerful black woman. And I, I was, I was talking to her about this particular question that I presented to you. And, and she put it this way, which I thought also was really marvelous. She said, you know how it works between us, Janice? She said, because, I can hold and behold my magnificence. And she Mm -hmm. said, you can, you can behold your magnificence. And so then Mm -hmm. we can behold each other's. So she Mm -hmm. said, when a woman cannot behold your magnificence, it's because they cannot behold their own.
1: So that's so
0: true. Yeah. And so Mm -hmm. I just think it's time for women to behold their magnificence so, we can just behold each other in this magnificent and and I've never met a woman who wasn't magnificent. I've met women who forgotten they were magnificent, but I've met mm-hmm. many women I haven't met a woman who wasn't magnificent in many 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 ways in many ways so mm-hmm. so do you have um or are you willing to bring to our listeners any type of affirmation or guided meditation? to just give them a bit of a taste or a feel that dreams are possible and they just need to go for it. I ask lots of people who come on the Pure Hope show to give them a bit, our audience, a bit of an experience of that. Would you be willing to do that? Sure.
1: I think it's great. Um, I not sure how much time we have. I have one that might take a couple minutes
0: here. That's okay. I'm watching the time, so you don't have to worry about a thing.
1: Okay. So one thing that we always do at our live event um, is go through some type of uh, visualization or intention-setting exercise. So I'll take you through the intention-setting one because I find that you know it's a great companion to the life mapping um, workbook because it helps you to actually take action on the things that you have envisioned for yourself. So this is just a little taste of my intention meditation. And so what you want to do is first get centered. There's three three steps to this intention. First step is to get centered. And um, actually, before I say that, I should explain what I mean by intention. So, um I love the quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson that says, a good intention clothes itself with sudden power. So the idea is that when you set an intention, you give it power. And um, an intention really is um, a commitment that you make to yourself as to what you plan or intend to happen, what you want to happen. And I like to set intentions on a weekly basis. So the first step to setting your intention is to get centered. So you want to close your eyes and begin breathing deeply from your belly up into your chest, through your nose. So I want you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. I want you to go ahead and take three deep breaths. And on the inhale, I want you to say out loud or to yourself, I am here and I am breathing in. And as you exhale, I am here and I am breathing out. As you inhale, I am here and I am breathing in. As you exhale, I am here and I am breathing out. Take three more deep breaths. On the inhale, I am here, and I am breathing in. On the exhale, I am here, and I am breathing out. So I want you to keep breathing deeply as you get centered on the fact that you are here. No matter what has happened over the past day, week, month, years, you are here. And the way you know that is you are breathing in and you are breathing out. The second step is to release negative energy. So as you continue to breathe deeply, I want you to inhale everything that affirms you. I want you to take that into your body. Everything that affirms you, that tells you that you are already enough, I want you to Take that in. And I want you to exhale everything that tells you that you're not good enough. All the lies that you have internalized, let them go as you exhale. As you inhale, breathe in possibility. And repeat the mantra I am open to the infinite possibility of this moment. And as you exhale, Breathe out negativity and repeat the mantra. I release everything that no longer serves me. This is how we release negative energy, negative thoughts and beliefs that are not yours. This is why you can let them go. The third step is to set your positive intention. And as you continue breathing deeply, on the inhale, I want you to listen to your deepest desires for this moment. You can connect with your inner spirit and allow God to speak to you. Just listen. As you exhale, in this calm state of mind, begin to softly ask yourself, what is my highest intention for this day, this week, this month, this year? In other words, what do you want to happen? What do you most want to accomplish? Today, this week, this month, This becomes your intention. Now, finally, I'd like you to choose one word or phrase that describes your highest intention. Continue to listen and just settle in on the word or phrase that keeps coming up for you as you've been meditating so far. One word or phrase that keeps coming up for you. Some of the ones that come up for me often are clear the clutter, reach out, follow through, let go, release attachment, accept, forgive, show up, take action. Find the word that keeps coming up for you. Now open your eyes and write it down. Be sure you go back and read your intentions today, every day of the next week, and that is what will keep your heart and mind focused on this commitment you're making to yourself.
0: And so it is. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. So I'm going to ask you a question about how do you get to the point where all of your belongings can fit into one suitcase? And I'm sure that's a chosen lifestyle. But how did you get to that point where you have just mm. chose this lifestyle of, of a minimalist?
1: Well, it does stem from intention. For me, it's about being intentional with the life I want to live. So I create my life map, and one of the things that was on my life map in 2011 when I started this process of becoming a minimalist, and really um, minimalism, to give everyone an idea of what that means, I mean, there are a lot of different um essays that have been written about it and now some books are have been coming out about minimalism as a lifestyle. And it really at its core it's about having um what you need and um not much more than that. So restrict you to like thirty items of clothing, I've seen some people do that. It's not it really is about being intentional of what's important to you. And Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you the way it's manifested in my life. 2011, when I did my life, map, and I realized that, you know, I was building this business. I quit my job, and I had this expensive apartment in D.C., like right near a subway station, so it was not cheap at all. And I was really feeling kind of bummed out because I had the freedom. I had the time, but I felt like I didn't have the money to be able to travel, which was on my life map, I want to travel. I want to visit at least one new country every year. That is one of my values, is travel and adventure. And um, I said, man, you know, I don't I don't want to have to wait. That's the whole point of working for yourself. You don't have to wait until you retire to do this. You can do it now, but it does take money to travel. So I, I asked myself, you know, and this is something that I ask my clients to do all the time. What would make this possible for you? What would make this possible? And so I had been reading articles about people who had, you know, gotten rid of their belongings. They were um, downsizing. Couples who, you know, were living off of one income and paying off their debt and being able to travel. And I thought it was so cool. And I thought, let me do an experiment. I'm going to get rid of this expensive apartment and have a roommate. And I had never had a roommate, not even in – college to have a roommate I worked three jobs so I did not have to have a roommate Mm -hmm. so you know it was this process like you know feeling am I going backwards you know I am I am at a certain age you know it's going to be weird to have a roommate but I was like you know I can cut my expenses in half and I tried it and I got rid of my apartment that November 2011 I was able to spend uh, a month in Hawaii because I didn't have, you know, all these bills <laughs> that I had to pay. And I was able to run my business. So I looked at what would ha- what would make that possible. And downsizing, getting rid of my stuff made it possible. Because when you move out of an apartment and you take a roommate, I actually rented a room from a woman who was looking to, you know, save money herself. You can only fit, you can only take as much as you, as can fit in a room. So I had to downsize at that point from, you know, a closet full of clothing to a plastic 20-gallon bin of clothing
0: Hmm.
1: and shoes. And it was really, it was very freeing. So the first step for anyone who wants to declutter, downsize, start the path to minimalism is to get rid of everything that you haven't worn in the past six months. Um, anything that's broken, torn, it does—it no longer serves you and um, you haven't used it in a long time, you know. So that's one way to start getting rid of things. Um, the other thing that I found as part of this process that was so incredible for me that I didn't think of was um, once you let go of all of those things, you become more able to make decisions about your future. So there are a lot of women who would love to travel, but they have, you know, a mortgage on a three-bedroom home, and two of those bedrooms are full of boxes, old clothes, things they don't fit anymore. And what I learned was that when you're changing your life, when you're in a period of transformation, it's the best time to get rid of that stuff. Why? Because the new you does not need all those things that the old you used to need. You're becoming mm-hmm. a new person, so you don't need your old things. And I found that my one of the reasons why I believe that my transformation happened so quickly was because I got rid of so much of my old life, the life when I was a full-time employee the life when you know I had to I had to dress a certain way and present myself a certain way and prove myself and all those things I let them all go. I let them all go. And um it was totally freeing for me. So that was how I started out and I said this is an experiment. I can always go back. I can always go get another apartment. 4 years later I am still living <laughs> that way. <laughs> I don't have a lease anywhere. I don't have a mortgage anywhere. I go from place to place, and now it's pretty on the extreme side because as you get rid of things, it becomes easier to get rid of more things. And so I realized that, man, you know, I can travel, but I don't want to have to carry around like three suitcases. So for practical reasons, I um, consolidated to try to fit everything into one suitcase and one that can be carried on the plane so that I don't have to risk my luggage being lost. um, Wow. From checking it.
0: Yeah. Wow, I'm very impressed. I think maybe that's why all these little tiny houses are coming up, you know? People mm-hmm. are really are trying to declutter, let go of things that don't serve them anymore or um or like you said, we keep um things that are ripped, things that are torn, things. <laughs> so, I think more and more people are getting on the bandwagon of decluttering, 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 decluttering and and slowly moving into a uh, a more minimalist type of lifestyle. So, and so it's
1: very radical for Americans because we're like very. Bye, bye, yeah. bye. You know, our identity is wrapped up in how much stuff you have in your house, how new it is, so you have to, you know, replace the and, and it's just I think it serves I have my own thoughts about um the agenda. <laughs> That you know, like this is how our world goes around. Like, you have to keep buying stuff, everyone stays in business. You know, it, it there's an attention to if you just watch commercials on TV, you get what I mean. Like, nobody mm-hmm. needs, uh, you know, four cars for like two people. But, yes, if you allow yourself to, to really start to believe that you're not successful unless you do, a lot of things begin to happen. And if you were to lose your job, You know, what some of my clients have realized, and that's how they find our community, is they've been living their life on autopilot, and they are pretty much working to to pay for the house or condo that they have, but they don't get to enjoy it. So they have to work from nine to five, and they may even commute one to two hours, depending on where they live, to get there. So pretty much... 12 hours, up to 12 hours of their day, mm. spent like getting to work, going to work, coming home just to pay for all the stuff. Yeah, their house looks nice. They have the most beautiful furniture in there, top-of-the-line appliances, but when do they even have time to cook? When do they even yeah. have time to sit down on their expensive couch and watch a movie, you know? It doesn't make any sense when you break it down that way. And so I always encourage people is if there's a room in your house that you're not using, it's full of boxes, you can you can cut your expenses by a third. If you get rid of the stuff in there, you can rent out the room or get a cheaper
0: apartment or house. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great thing. I think also that comes from that domestication again, thinking that more mm. – That somehow more is better or I don't know, because I see that as well. People buy, 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 buy. And like you said, work, 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 work and never. I just told somebody today, one of my clients that, you know, when God created this as a playground and sent his children to play on this Mm -hmm. on this playground on this earth. And most people are not playing on the playground. They're working, 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 working. So, mm-hmm. um, so so, I also liked it when it said that you do tough love on your clients and students to help them um, reach their big goals faster than they've ever thought possible. So what does that mean when you do this for your clients? So do you show them tough love? Do you have them be responsible? What is that tough? Love yeah, about?
1: I I um <laughs> it's not always a popular topic. Um in our industry. I mean, there are a lot of ways that, that you can help someone or think that you're helping someone. Um as a coach and a mentor and a trainer, a teacher, a speaker, all the different things that I've done to help other people change their lives, what I've found is that um a lot of people enjoy being inspired but inspiration is not enough for you to change your life because you read a great book and you're inspired, but in order to really have a transformation in your life, um, you have to take action in some way. You have to take and make some behavioral change. And so what I often find is that, you know, my clients, they are inspired and they keep being inspired over and over again, but that inspiration is not translating to transformation and it's because they need someone to say you know what you keep saying that you know you need to declutter but when are you going to do it what are you going to do this week what are you going to get rid of in your house this week to declutter and holding them to that from a place of love but also recognizing that we could we could have we could hold hands and sing kumbaya every day but (laughs) at the end of the year like if you're going to be at the same place in a year, that's not that's not what I'm here for. I'm not here, I I can make you feel good, but I'm not here to make you feel good. <laughs> I'm here to help you change your life. And to change your life, you need to take action. You need to do some things that you've never done. And um, so one of my clients, <laughs> Lee, I love her, she loves me. One of her nicknames for me is a pit bull in heels. And I say, you know what? I am the happy black woman, but happiness begins with truth. And if I love you, I need to be able to tell you the truth. And the truth is that, you know, for instance, if you want to build a profitable business, I can't, you can't just do, you can't just do a meditation every day and your business is going to grow. You've got to take action every day so that you can have the life that you want. And so that's what I mean by tough love. It's like I I love my clients, I love my students, but I'm also the one who comes in and says, um, did you write your blog post for this week? Did you go to a networking event this month and hold you to that instead of just encouraging you all the time and not
0: requiring you to do any work? So do you coach mainly, like, over the phone then? I, I think that's how most mm-hmm. coaches work. So do you have that? Mm-hmm. Okay. hmm Okay. Yeah, phone so you-
1: is um, the main way. Um, we also have live events. So I'm actually hosting 12 of my clients here for a retreat, three-day retreat here in New Orleans. So we do a lot of in-person work at our events. And it goes so much deeper when you're in person. But, of course, we can't meet in person every week. So, you know, right. in between our in-person retreats, we have phone coaching. Hmm.
0: Hmm. So how does your spirituality been a part in your journey into the woman that you've become and the woman that what you're doing here upon the planet? How has your faith or your religion or spirituality been a part of this journey?
1: You know, it's interesting because if you asked me that question, I don't know, 10 years ago, (laughs) um, I would have really talked about um, religion. But over the past 10 years, really what I found is that um, I really relate more with the word spirituality versus organized religion. In fact, on my um, Twitter profile, Um, what is it? I was looking for it. Okay. It says, uh, love is my religion. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah. So really that, that really is my philosophy. And once I started to pretty much implement that in my life, like I don't, I don't judge anybody based on whatever religion they practice. It's like I became more connected with everyone. I used to be, um, very, very religious. And I just found that having my own relationship with God um, and being able to say that we're all connected, regardless of like religion, opened up so much for me in being able to connect with other people and um, empathize with them and all of those things. Like it's been a process over the past 10 years. And one of the parts that is deeply ingrained in my work, Um, you know, there was was one year that I went to Hawaii for vacation, and um, it was a really tough year in my life, and in fact, I just broken up with my boyfriend, and my friend was supposed to come with me to Hawaii, and her plans fell through, so I went by myself for a week. And in Hawaii, um, the island of Oahu on the North Shore, it's the beach that a lot of tourists don't go to because it's far and um, kind of hard to get to. So I was out there on that beach, and um, one of the things that um, was weighing on my mind that year, I had just turned 25, (laughs) and it was the same year, the same age that my father was when he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So, that whole year I was just kind of like intellectually I knew that suicide is not necessarily hereditary. It's an action that you take. But in my mind, I kept um kept saying, you know, I could be dead by now. I could be, you know, dead by now. And that day on the beach, I was just thinking about my father and Different circumstances. What if things have been different? And was that going to be? Was I going to live to be 26? Like all these things. Um, some people call you know maybe I was in quarter life crisis. You know you turn that age and you're trying to figure out what am I here for and all of that. And it was that experience on the beach, really being alone out there. It was the sun was beaming down, the waves were crashing. Um, you could look out and see the mountains. The sky was completely blue, and all of a sudden, I, I hear this, it wasn't like a voice. It was like, it was like a knowing, and um, what came to me that day was, you could be dead by now, but you're still alive, and that means that you still have work to do. There's still work mm-hmm. for you to do, and that has been deeply ingrained in my work ever since then because... I believe that I am here to make a difference in other people's lives. I believe that is my purpose. Um, And so having that relationship with God and with being able to listen and to be still and be in silence and be in meditation um, helps me remember that over and over because that's it. That's what I always come back to as part of my journey when I say, you know, should I just even like practical things, like should I write this blog post? Should I host this event? Should I teach this class? It's like because I'm alive, there's still work for me to do. And it's not like all work is there for me to do, but the work that I'm meant to do is what is unique to me that I am good at teaching. I'm good at helping people change their lives. I That's where I need to to be that's what I need to be doing so that piece of spirituality for me is like what keeps bring, bringing me back
0: hmm that's probably why you said yes to the show as well because you're so busy and I was happy and yet surprised that you said yes to the Pure Hope show so um, so I thank you in that um, and we are that's I think it's time yeah how um, how can our guests or audience um, get a hold of you if they want to connect with you for an appointment or talk to you about um, personal coaching or entrepreneurship? How could they get a hold of you?
1: Well, the best place to find me is on my website at happyblackwoman.com, and that's woman singular, so com, And um, you can find all of our programs upcoming events and you can apply for coaching if you like to work personally with a mentor and a coach that can help you really achieve your goals through personal development and entrepreneurship
0: and is there any last words that you would like to let our listeners know as we close today what would be your last words you'd like to give to our audience
1: I would just like to emphasize something I shared earlier in the show, and that was my belief that you can do anything you want with your life and no one can stop
0: you but you. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you, Rosetta, for speaking with us tonight and for allowing us to hear just a bit of your personal journey. I want to thank you for doing your work, for following your passion, and to bring empowerment to women all around the world. Um, what I have found uh, in this um, session with you is that you are refreshing, my love. <laughs> Again, I, I find no so um, sweet. <laughs> egoic energy in you. It's just you're just a joy. And it's been a wonderful experience just getting to know you a little bit. And and um, so I really, really um love that you said yes to our program and I will make sure that information of where they can contact you um, so they can get a hold of that I'll put that on my website as well so I think you have so much to give to people out there to live their awesome life so I just want to thank you for being with us tonight
1: thank you for having me I mean if one person listens to this show like I know there's more than one listening but I mean if just one person listens and like gets that this is the time for them to make a transformation.
0: That's what I live for. Hmm. Good for you. Good for you. Um are you ever in have you ever been in Minnesota doing workshops at all or
1: you know, I have not been there very often. No. Okay.
0: Well maybe we'll just have to collaborate somehow and bring you uh here to Minnesota and have you do a workshop here at the Hope Interfaith Center or elsewhere. I, I believe in collaboration, and I believe that's how you, again, how you support women um, in their journeys. So I would love to do that. That would be beautiful. You okay. yeah. have
1: to make sure it's the summer, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. especially
0: for a woman <laughs> your favorite city is Honolulu, Hawaii. Yes, I'll make <laughs> sure. great. <laughs> <right. so. clears throat> Well, I want to thank my guests uh, who are listening as well. For the past two years, in fact, I was just asking Jody. Um, we have been on the air now for two and a half years, and I've been interviewing people from all around the world once a month, and I've learned something from each and every one of them. But what I've learned this evening is that Rosetta has a remarkable, remarkable intelligence that can cut through the chase and get you down to business with her clients, And this is how I feel that she finds the solution versus covering up uh, the symptoms. I believe that she has the ability to find a solution to the hardest problems of your life. And she encourages people to go for their dreams, just to go for it. And the two traits that I find common that are seen in every successful leader that I've ever known is having dreams and then having the determination to go get them and certainly We are um, hearing that within Rosetta's um, energy and how she helps women. Uh, Many people are hearing the call. Many women, because I work mostly also with women, are hearing the call. And the Millennium uh, woman is now um, calling themselves leaders. For the first time, they're seeing themselves as visionaries, healers, and helpers, and uh, are willing to take risks. So I want to tell every woman out there listening to our broadcast of the Pure Home Show that you are all remarkable beings and that you are magnificent, you are strong, you are powerful, and the world needs you, and you deserve to be in joy and happiness. So let's all be friends with one another and help each other out to reach our highest dreams, our goals, and our purest potential. So once again, I tell everybody that I will have Rosetta Thurman's um, all of her stuff on our website at www.hopeinterfaithcenter.com. I also ask that if you are interested in this program, we are going to be speaking to James Blanchard um, Cineros. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. He is the author of Have You You Have Chosen to Remember and. It is a fantastic book that I've read almost one year ago, and he's also working on a new book. So please join me next month when we're going to have James Blanchard's scenarios. Um, to help people get to their goals, this is why I do the Pure Hope Show, to help empower women and as well as become enlightened and to move into your authentic selves. And so I'm going to end this program with reading a poem and I'm going to dedicate it to all of my beautiful women listeners. Remember to pass this on to others so that they too can listen to our program and feel our connection to our sisterhood as well. Many of you I'm sure have heard this poem. It's called Imagine a Woman. Imagine a woman who believes it is right and good. That she is a woman. A woman who honors her experiences and tells her stories. A woman who refuses to carry the sins of others within her body and her life. Imagine a woman who trusts and respects herself. A woman who listens to her needs and desires. A woman who meets them with tenderness and grace. Imagine a woman who acknowledges the past influences on the present. A woman who walks through her past, who is healed into the present. Imagine a woman who authors, who writes her own life. A woman who exerts, initiates, and moves on her own behalf. A woman who refuses to surrender, accept to her truest self and her wisest voice. Imagine a woman who names her own gods, a woman who imagines the divine in her image and her likeness, who designs a personal spirituality to inform her daily life. Imagine a woman in love with her own body. A woman believes her body is enough just as it is, who celebrates its rhythms and cycles as an exquisite resource. Imagine a woman who honors the body of the goddess in her changing body. A woman who celebrates the accumulation of her years and, of course, of her wisdom as well. Who refuses to use her life energy, disguising the changes in her body and life. Imagine a woman who values the women in her life, a woman who sits in circles of other women and who is reminded of the truth about herself when she forgets. Imagine. Just imagine that woman is yourself. Until we meet again, I thank you all for joining us. Once again, Rosetta, thank you, thank you, thank you. And um drink a lot of bourbon, eat a lot of good food. and listen to great music where you are. I thank you for being on the Pure Hope Show. Namaste, namaste, namaste.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind, be gentle, be loving, be true.